Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Adam. <clears throat> Susan, good morning. Sorry, we are missing our walk this morning. Welcome. Susan, if you'd like to everyone to see your message, you'll need to switch from hosts and panelists to everyone in the chat. Hi, Susan. Morning, everybody. It's a beautiful morning out there. A bit nippy, I'm afraid, when I went out to get the newspaper. But a beautiful, gorgeous day. Morning, Robin. Well, I just have to say, Robin, that it's just as gorgeous in Montgomery County as well. I think fall is finally here. Morning, everybody. If you want to check in on chat, please do. Uh, switching to everyone, if that's the uh, mode you want to use. <clears throat> Morning, Christine. Morning, Jeff. Welcome. <clears throat> <clears throat> Morning to everybody who's checking in. Welcome to uh, to Wes. Good morning, Brian and Donna <clears throat> and Leanne. Welcome, please check in if you w wish uh, on chat. It'll be nice to say hello. <clears throat> morning again, Lynn and Susan. Good morning to you, Perry. 
how are you? Good morning to you. Morning, Joe. Welcome. I think we'll give it another couple of minutes before we start. Give time for people to gather. Joe, your cat didn't say good morning this uh, today. Good morning, Judy and Randy. How are you? Welcome. Morning, Peter. Morning, Trang. <laughs> Joe Klein says, rest assured, and she's talking about her cat. She's in full body contact, waiting for platform to start. I think that might be a good point of commencement of uh, our uh, platform today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And please do say hello, as I said, in the chat. And if you are visiting from another ethical society or another Unitarian Universalist congregation, please give a shout out to that as well. If you want to share your messages with everyone, please be sure to put your, sat, uh, your chat settings uh, on the everyone mode. This is a good time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting. Then settle in to a comfy chair with your beverage of choice as we continue to gather. Let me start with the opening words. These words this morning are by Jason Cook. We seekers are on a quest, a quest to discover truth and meaning. Sometimes we think we've found it, wrapped up, glimmering with newness straight off the intellectual assembly line. All the answers right here for us and others, if they'd only listen. But truth has a way of coming in disguise, sometimes wearing rags, sometimes finery, but so often cloaked from our immediate sight. And sometimes that which we have rejected, that which we have let go of or decided was only for others, but not us, can be our teacher. Let our time together be an acknowledgement of the never ending journey toward truth and meaning and our appreciation of those we learn from along the way. Let us gather together. 
We begin our platform with music from Interim Music Coordinator Leah Morris, along with Jacob and Lucia. This pretty planet spinning through space. You're a garden, you're a harbor, you're a holy place. Golden sun flowing down, gentle blue giant spin us around. Thank you. Thank you, Leah, Jacob, and Lucia. Good morning again, and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I am Rajesh Vidyasaga, and my pronouns are he, hims. And I am the official this morning. Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot, or M-A-C-E-O-T, at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Someone will put that link in the chat. And we hope you join us after this uh, platform service at virtual coffee hour for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open much uh, through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't wish to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. Closed captioning is also available, and you can turn that on or off as you prefer. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc forward slash read SOP. Our reader this morning is Adam Briskin Limehouse, a member of the LLDC, the Lay Leadership Development Committee. I'll turn it over to Adam for a brief announcement, followed by a reading of the Statement of Purpose. Thanks, Rajesh. Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as you all know, we are currently uh, going through an election for the LLDC. We have one person on the ballot, Brian Holland. You should have received a ballot to affirm or reject his candidacy to the LLDC on October 13th. If you have not received it, please contact the LLDC at the email address in the chat as soon as possible. The subject line, also in the chat, should say vote now 
for the Washington Ethical Society 2021 LLDC candidate affirmation. So with that, you have until 3 p.m. today to complete your vote, and we hope that everyone who is able will do so. Now, if I can find where I put it, the statement of purpose. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Adam. If you have a candle at home, I invite you all to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Thank you, Rajesh, and thank you, Adam. Good morning. My name is Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them. I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. This is a story that was adapted by my friend, the Reverend Dr. Devorah Greenstein. And Devorah is a longtime educator and served the Unitarian Universalist Association for a time on issues of accessibility and inclusion for people with disabilities. Devorah says the story was loosely based on a story that George Rivas wrote when he was the assistant superintendent of the Cincinnati Public Schools in the 1940s. I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. Many years ago, the animals in the great forest decided they wanted to start a school for all of their children. Until that time, it had been the responsibility of parents to teach their children the skills they needed to know, but the animals in the great forest wanted their children to learn together, so they organized a school. And the adult stakeholders met and decided to provide a standardized educational curriculum to their animal students. So they adopted an activity curriculum consisting of swimming, running, flying, and climbing. And all the animals took all the subjects because it was very important to them that no child be left behind. To ensure that students were progressing satisfactorily, standardized achievement tests were administered to all students. Here's what happened. The ducks were excellent in swimming. In fact, the ducks were better than their teacher, but some of the ducks made only passing grades in flying and all of them were very poor in running. Since they were slow in running, they had to stay after school for remedial running practice, and they had to drop swimming in order to practice running during their swimming class time. And this was kept up until all the ducks' webbed feet were very sore, and the ducks were so tired that soon they were only average in swimming. But average was acceptable in school, so nobody worried about that except the ducks. In running, the rabbits started at the top of the class, but they did very poorly in swimming. Also, the rabbits insisted on hopping around and the teachers were concerned about their hyperactivity. So they made the rabbits walk everywhere instead of allowing them to run or hop. And the rabbits had to come in early every day for special swimming class. Many of the younger rabbits developed severe fur problems because they were having to spend so much time in the swimming pool. Well, the squirrels were excellent in climbing and running. In fact, the squirrels were the best students at climbing in the standardized tree, but they wanted to fly by first climbing the tree 
and then spreading their paws and gliding to the ground. That's the way squirrels fly. But in flying class, their teacher made them start on the ground instead of at the treetop. And the squirrels were not mastering the course material. So every day the squirrels had therapy. A flying therapist took the squirrels into the gym and made them do front paw exercises to strengthen their muscles so that they could learn to fly the right way. The squirrels' paws hurt so much from this overexertion that some of them only got a C in climbing, and some of the squirrels failed climbing altogether. Now the eagles were definitely problem children. In climbing class, the eagles beat all of the others to the top of the tree, but they insisted on using their own way to get there and were quite stubborn about it. The eagles said that clearly it was the goal that mattered and it was quite right for eagles to get to the treetop by flying. A strict behavior modification plan was developed for the eagles. Here's what the animal school learning community decided. When we try to make everybody the same, nobody is happy. People can get hurt and their very best gifts can go to waste. Each squirrel is a perfectly wonderful squirrel. Each rabbit is a lovely rabbit, whether or not they choose to hop or skip or roll or walk. Each eagle is allowed to be an eagle. And we encourage each duck to swim and swim and swim and not worry about learning to run. The forest as a whole needs all kinds of living beings. As an interdependent community, we thrive when we value our own and each other's gifts. And when we use those gifts to make our neighborhood and our world a better place. And so the animal school community came up with a new set of agreements. The new agreements did have behavior expectations. For instance, it was unacceptable for animals to prey upon each other in class. All students and teachers were expected to practice reverence and responsibility for each other and the planet. On the other paw, the new curriculum at the school was updated to focus more on relationship building and on encouraging everyone to develop their gifts in service to the community. Here at West, we want to be a learning community for people of all ages. And we bring all kinds of different abilities and disabilities, different cultures, different backgrounds, different needs and gifts. When it wasn't safe to gather in person and families felt overwhelmed by online ways to get together, we had to adapt to more individual and household-based ways of learning for a while. Communities like ours had to choose everyone's life and safety over other factors for longer than we hoped we would have to. And so our skills at remembering each other's needs, our skills at being a multi-generational, multicultural, inclusive community might take some practice to regain. As we in the West community begin to gather again for outdoor social events, outdoor Sunday school classes that begin today, and eventually plan for platforms that are accessible both online and in person, we will have to learn again how to be together. We will learn once again about paying attention to what our neighbors need. We will remember in our animal school, the way we treat each other, the consistency with which we show up for each other, the consideration for needs and gifts that are different from our own, the respect for staff and volunteers who have been trying their absolute best for many months under difficult circumstances. These values are core to the curriculum for adults, youth, and children. As we move into the centering time of our platform, let's reflect on what we can all learn from each other and how we create community across differences of identity, 
ability, and perspective. How might we show up for each other in a way that honors differences and elicits the best from our community as a whole, not only from each other as individuals? As we enter our moment of mindfulness, I invite you to close your eyes or to soften your gaze. Find a comfortable and stable position, perhaps putting your feet flat on the floor. If you're seated in a chair, hold your posture in a way that is alert yet at ease. Take a nourishing breath, savor it, let it out. Let's listen to these words by the Reverend Kimberly Ann Tomchek Carlson. Feel the gravity of the earth holding you in place. Wiggle your toes as if they were roots. Roots connect you to the earth, lending you strength. Gently sway in the wind, turning your body like the trunk of a tree, learning, leaning this way and that, bending as the air pushes and pulls. What surrounds you may sway you, make you bend and feel unbalanced. Wiggle your toes. Know that your roots can hold you as you grow and learn. A tree is nourished by the soil and the water. You are nourished by food, the earth grows and the water it provides. You are cared for and loved by many people. Breathe deeply. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe deeply. Still yourself. Know that your roots are strong. Wiggle your roots. We continue our meditation in silence and the music that follows.
magical. Thank you, Leah. For my first round of graduate school, I attended Star King School for the Ministry. And as I've mentioned before, I have this in common with former West leader Ed Erickson, though we graduated some half century apart. I did learn a great deal there about serving communities and analyzing and dismantling injustice and public speaking and all the skills you hope a clergy person will have. I also learned something about how people learn, about what is possible when we apply humanist principles to a community of learners. In one of my classes about education, the faculty included project-based learning, as well as reading and lectures on the history and practice of congregation-based education for all ages. The faculty were experts in their field and we were lucky to receive whatever they offered of what they knew. And yet they also knew that the students arrived with knowledge and wisdom of their own. It did not displace the expertise or the authority of the teachers to also make room for the students to explore, discover, and share. And this is how we ended up with comic books and musical playlists and new and creative moral fables and cooperative games as part of our experience together. My co-learners were able to kindle new insights about the theory and practice of education and share methods that engaged co-learners in creating frameworks of meaning and purpose that could hold those insights. There's a lot that can be said about the union of humanist values and progressive education, and I only have a little bit of time today. Yet today, as we launch new Sunday ethical education classes and look toward rebuilding a new normal for our learning community for all ages, I cannot let the day go by without reviewing some of what we know about the central place of education in our community. And when I say education, I hope that I am not misunderstood. I mean the community practices, stories, shared knowledge and values that call forth wisdom and responsible choices from each of us and that lead us to act together as a learning community in pursuit of our mission. Maurice Kraft in the 1984 article, Education for Diversity, noted that there are two competing etymologies for the word education. There's the Latin educere to draw out, and then there's educare to mold. And in human's tradition, there, is, there are some gentle boundaries that align with that second meaning to mold, but the drawing out meaning is the one that provides the greatest inspiration and a framework of practice. The image of evoking something from the people of the learning community is a powerful one. Plutarch, as translated by Robin Waterfield wrote, for the correct analogy for the mind is not a vessel that needs filling, but wood that needs igniting. No more, and then it motivates one toward originality and instills the desire for truth. 
A few weeks ago, we talked about Paulo Freire and his view that the banking model of education, the model where an expert deposits knowledge in the brains of students is not only ineffective, but dehumanizing. And as you may recall, Freire said that the humanist can be identified by trust in the people. A community of learners can move toward liberation when they experience learning as subjects, actors in themselves, and not as objects, passive recipients of information. So what we are looking for in our multi-generational, multicultural, hybrid, online and in-person community of learners is a spark, an invitation to learn and grow together and to practice what we learn for liberation. Those who take leadership in the learning community can provide boundaries, a circle of stones around the fire that keep it focused on its purpose. Those who take leadership can provide only some of the fuel. The rest of that fuel and the responsibility for transformation and sharing that light and heat belongs to everyone in the community. There are three features of humanist education that I'd like to highlight in our brief time together. Humanist education requires active participation. We all share the responsibility for bringing our gifts and eliciting the best in each other. Humanist education incorporates imagination and beauty, making learning together into an adventure for wholeness. Stories, music, visual elements are all necessary to create frameworks of meaning and purpose that give form to what we learn together. Humanist education is an exercise in creating and maintaining respectful, inclusive communities. We learn together, we learn from each other. We learn by practicing the art of being human in each other's company. Though what it means to be in each other's company can evolve with technology. Participation, imagination, and respectful community are all important elements in humanist education. First, humanist education requires the active participation of all of the co-learners. In creating the learning community, we remember how to be responsible to each other. One expression of the supreme ethical rule that Felix Adler coined is, so act as to elicit the unique personality in others and thereby in thyself. And for that to work, we need to place ourselves in the company of others. We need to take an active role. You'll find on the West website a list of ethical education core values. These have circulated informally among ethical societies, and there's no requirement that we use them. They're not a creed. Yet, we happen to agree with these values and think they resonate with what we're trying to accomplish at West. Rumor has it that the ethical education core values were partially inspired by the principles of the Unitarian Universalist Association, which were democratically created and have served as a framework for many new programs. Since West is affiliated with both the American Ethical Union and the Unitarian Universalist Association, I'll refer to both frameworks. The ethical education core values reminds us of things like, I can learn from everyone. I am free to question, and I accept responsibility for my choices and actions. Similarly, the UU principles speak of a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. 
In both cases, actions such as questioning and the presence of others from, from whom we can learn and the acceptance of responsibility for the impact of our words and actions all imply interactions with other people. We need each other to hold us accountable to the values and relationships to which we are responsible. We need each other to bring perspectives that help us see more of the big picture. Our understanding of humanist education as an active collective endeavor is important because it calls us to show up. The role of teachers, advisors, and other kinds of leaders still matters, yet that role may not look like it did in 1876. Leaders among the co-learning community can provide content. And again, I'm speaking of volunteer teachers as well as staff when I refer to leaders in the learning community. We can provide content, yet this is just a fraction of the fuel for the process of transformation that we refer to as education. Leaders help co-learners establish a shared understanding of limits and boundaries so that the learning space can be respectful, a bold space for inquiry. My friends who teach professionally sometimes talk about the models of sage on the stage and guide on the side. And the guide on the side needs skills of facilitation and it helps if the guides know the material to help co-learners move through it. And they also need to be able to ask evocative questions. The co-learners in turn provide their mindful attention and their encouragement to each other to be part of the transformative process. Being a guide is a skill that can be learned. I'm not saying that it's easy or that anyone can wander into a classroom and do it well, yet we don't need to wait for a pontificating sage before we help each other build the skills of guides in the co-learning community. One of the things I hope we can grow toward in the West community is thinking of everything we do together as education. We are always becoming who we are. We are always growing and drawing out that growth in the people around us. You do not need a sage on the stage to create an adult learning program. Many, many members have the capacity to be a guide on the side for groups of children, youth, or adults engaged in learning together about the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. And even if being a guide is not your calling, your active participation as a co-learner is essential for this community to be all that it can be. A second feature of humanist education is that it incorporates imagination and beauty. Felix Adler knew that there was potential in music beyond the power of words. In the founding address, in speaking of the need for a new movement and the troubles of the times in which he lived, Adler said, and were it not for music, the divine comforter which sometimes wins us to higher flights of emotion and speaks in its own wordless language of an ideal beauty and harmony far transcending the prosy aspirations to which we confess, our life would be utterly blank and colorless. In imagining what the platform gatherings of the future would look like, Adler said they would include the pleasing and grateful auxiliary of music to elevate the heart and give rest to the feelings. Moving on to Adler's works that were more specifically about education, he wrote in his 1892 book, The Moral Instruction of Children, 
that fairy tales and fables were important tools to use in the well-rounded education of children. These, he said, would inspire imagination, which is essential for our human ability to take the perspectives of others and to understand the impact of our moral choices. He also pointed out that fairy tales tended to cast a vision of relatedness and respect for the natural world. To grow up with a sense of meaning and purpose that incorporates reverence and respect for the earth, the imaginative and aesthetic power of stories is a good place to start. Imagination and beauty open windows to some of the ways of knowing that help us to make responsible choices, help us to envision a world that could be better with our collective effort and our collaboration with our neighbors. We learn from science and from direct observation of the concrete measurable world, yet we are not limited to these. All of our senses come to the table. Emotions and embodiment can give us clues about the impact of our words and actions even when our logical minds haven't yet pieced those implications together. People learn in many different ways. Some people learn best by doing. Some people learn best by creating stories. Some people learn best by observing patterns. And we can find inspiration in surprising places. The Ethical Education Core Values list includes the statement, I learn from the world around me using my senses, mind, and feelings. It also says, I am part of this earth. I cherish it and all the life upon it. The UU principles refer to respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Both documents encourage us to learn in context. And both imply that learning may not always be a straightforward, logical progression. What all of this means in practice is that we might not always be able to predict the path of our shared learning journey. We may end up on surprising tangents, or we may end up learning together in online spaces or on nature walks or in reflection after a public witness event. Lesson plans will change in the moment. The dates and times of activities may change as we adapt to humans being humans. To be a learning community of real live people, we need to be flexible, patient, and adaptive. This is part of what makes space for beauty, for captivating stories, for the creativity that brings joy to the human experience. The last point I want to make today about humanist education is that the learning process requires respectful, inclusive community. We learn together, we learn from each other, we learn by practicing the art of being human in each other's company though what it means to be in each other's company can evolve with technology. I'm here with you now. Each person is uniquely important and valuable. We adapt as we learn more about what we and our neighbors need to thrive as co-learners. In the moral instruction of children with apologies for his 1892 use of the gender binary, Adler wrote, the teacher should remember that he is educating not boys and girls in general, but particular boys and girls. Similarly, in our multi-generational, multicultural, multi-ability hybrid community, we should remember that we are among three-dimensional humans with a variety of needs and gifts. The inherent worth of every person is axiomatic in ethical humanist communities. 
Yet we also know that this inherent worth comes with responsibility for creating a community where other people with inherent worth can also flourish. We are not here for our individual selves alone. Sometimes those who find it easiest to be included are called to give up comfort or convenience so that we can make space for people who are more often on the margins. Inclusion matters. Being actively anti-racist and anti-oppressive matters. Accessibility matters. Putting forth the effort to be inclusive is a reflection of the statement that we value the worth of every person. The wholeness of our learning community depends on it. Our ethical education core values say that every person is important and unique and every person deserves to be treated fairly and kindly. UU principles affirm and promote acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. And I know the word spiritual doesn't resonate for everyone at Wes, though it does for some, and though it is a word that Felix Adler used himself. But there is common ground in the idea that our community life, our ability to learn together, asks us for acceptance and encouragement of one another. As the animals learned in our story this morning, each co-learner brings unique gifts, unique potential, and unique perspectives that may come in part from the things that seem like limitations to others. Our community thrives when we make space for all of that. If we apply this value in practical terms, we find out opportunities to improve access for people with disabilities. There may be physical accessibility opportunities that we notice anew as we, as some of our members return to the building. Perhaps there are steps or tight corners that aren't welcoming to those who use wheelchairs or walkers. Maintaining an option for exuberant participatory online membership is an accessibility issue for members who have mobility challenges or are immunocompromised or who have chronic fatigue. We have a lot to learn together about neurodiversity, about making our communities welcoming for autistic people, people with ADHD, and people with other mental and intellectual features that don't fit the same mold as the majority. The inherent worth of members of the West community who are disabled, deaf, or neurodiverse is foundational to our understanding of ethics. Our learning community is better when we are inclusive. So we will keep working on accessibility. We'll also keep working on being an anti-racist, anti-oppressive, multicultural community. Even well-meaning people carry the unconscious baggage of a culture that is not affirming for all. We can't rely on our kind hearts alone to create an inclusive, welcoming learning environment for people of all ages. When we study systemic oppression together, when we examine the policies and practices of our community for continuous improvement, when we join our neighbors in advocating for social justice and racial justice, we are increasing the space where someone can learn and grow and be part of this community without fear of harm from marginalization. Wes has worked very hard on this issue already. You should be proud of what you have done and what you are doing. Yet we also know that a community is never finished with anti-racism, anti-oppression, and multiculturalism. There is always more to learn. There are infinite opportunities for us to grow as individuals and as a community seeking wholeness. Humanist education is a vast project, and yet there are a few points that bear repeating 
as we climb our way into the practice of the new normal. Humanist education requires active participation. It is not something that a few people do to or for everybody else. We all share the responsibility for bringing our gifts and eliciting the best in each other. Learning together is a project for the whole community and we need each other to show up as our whole selves with all of our gifts and doubts and limitations and questions. Humanist education incorporates imagination and beauty, making learning together into an adventure for wholeness. We might achieve these things differently in our hybrid future, yet there remains a need and an opportunity for creative voices, beautiful sounds and images, and resonant stories from heritage, literature, and imagination. Facts are not enough. We need vehicles for exploring meaning and purpose. Humanist education is an exercise in creating and maintaining respectful, inclusive communities. We learn together, we learn from each other, we learn by practicing the art of being human in each other's company. To stay true to our affirmation of the inherent worth and dignity of every person, we commit to ever deepening practices of accessibility, inclusion, anti-racism, anti-oppression, and multiculturalism. Participation, imagination, and respectful community are all important elements to humanist education. Let's continue together as a community of co-learners. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. In this time between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity that, at West that illustrates the values that we're lifting up today. You might find it helpful to have a question to focus on, in which case you can reflect on this. How do you bring growth and learning into your life? As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform and what resonates in our own lives. You might reflect on the question that Lynn offered, how do you bring growth and learning into your life? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments uh, as you're watching the recording later.
Okay, so, so if you want everyone to read your thinking, your reflections, please do put, uh, uh, put the, the, the chat on the everyone mode. Just catching up on the, uh, on the messaging uh, from the past, a lot of people, Perry says, I love that story, Lynn. Mark Meyer says, I love, uh, sorry, says, thank you for the story, Lynn. And um, here's a new message. Uh, Karen says, Karen Schofield says, I really appreciated the recent CRC workshop on finding common ground. I learned from the leaders and uh, the participants. Uh, Robin uh, has uh, a note which says this, I try to bring growth and learning into my life by looking outside the box for education. I don't need to be in a classroom to learn. Often I just need to close my mouth and do more listening. I recently joined an online group that I'll participate in throughout the next 12 months. It's made for people who identify as working mothers and want to work to decolonize their workspaces and home life. I'm excited to sit back and listen and learn. Uh, and uh, shout out to Wes for letting me use my professional ex expenses to try and learn in a different way. Thanks, y'all. Karen says, I love the use of stories, deep wisdom from simple words. Uh, Shirley Storm says, uh, one long needed change for us is to find a way to get an accessible curb in front of Wes. Peter Bishop, for humanists, it is important to acknowledge the existence of the human spirit, you, your I. At West, when we talk about spirituality, nearly all of us are talking about experiences that are within our own spirit. Jeff says, uh, Jeff Mayall says, uh, Lynn's story about the animal school resonated with me as it reminded me of all those useless classes one had to take in junior high school and high school because somebody at the State Board of Education knows more about your capabilities than you do. In my case, it was a year long wood shop class I had to take when I was 13. I had no darn good, I was no darn good at this and it didn't help that the teacher was a man of diminutive stature who hated anyone taller than he, which I was. Anyway, I didn't fail the class, but got the lowest passing grade, a D minus. Uh, from my own perspective, uh, the answer to the question, how do you bring growth and learning into your life? My answer is very slowly. Uh, I find that when I'm exploring within an accepted paradigm, uh, I learn faster, but when I come to the edges of the paradigm and I have to shift my framework in some way, it's incredibly difficult. Perry Bider, one way I bring growth and learning into my life is by making mistakes, absolutely. <clears throat>
Well, we'll continue our chat uh, in the in the uh, community uh, uh, session in the in the in the coffee hour after this, uh, and uh, uh, let's move forward. Uh, just as we share our perspectives in community, so too do we share our material gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to Unitarian Universalists for Social Justice. The mission of the UUSJ is to advance equitable national policies and actions aligned with UU values through engagement, education, and advocacy. Some of the core issues that UUSJ works on include voting rights and democracy, environmental action, immigration justice, and economic equality. Local societies that are members of the UUA can be institutional members of UUSJ, and people can be individual members of UUSJ as well. Gifts to UUSJ support programs, such as the Right Here, I, right, here right Now, letter writing campaigns to Congress, citizen advocacy training programs, such as the Storytelling for Advocacy Pro Project, and public witness activities for social, economic, immigration, and environmental justice. On the slide that you see in front of you, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection, 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. We'll now receive your gifts and the gift of music. Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, her special guests today, Jacob and Lucia, the Wavelengths Chorus Choir, Joel Cummins, the We Thrive Virtual Choir, and the West Chorus. Thank you to membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, slide artists, John and Abby Dakin for their beautiful slides, and tech host, John Leka. 
Thank you to Robin Kravitz for communication support. And thank you to, uh, to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends connected virtually around shared interests and in support meetings and discussion groups. And we hope you'll join us again next Sunday, October 24th, when guest speaker Carol Carter Walker will present a platform with the title, The Welcome Table, Where's My Seat? We'll discuss uh, what it takes as a community like Wes to live into our desire to be racially inclusive. And there's a bunch of things I want to alert you to coming forward uh, in the next few days. Today, after platform, please, please do plan to attend the fall membership meeting by Zoom. The meeting will begin at noon on a separate Zoom link. Uh, and I'll just say it for you. And it'll also be put into the chat, tiny.cc forward slash West membership meeting. Uh, but I hope, uh, I, uh, but we hope to have time for a really truncated brief coffee hour first. Uh, uh, before we go into the membership meeting. Uh, there'll also be um, uh, an election for the LLDC, the Lay Leadership Development Committee. We'll hear from the task force charged to also, uh, uh, we'll hear from the task force charged to study the issue of recording membership meetings. Uh, as you recall, this came up at the last membership meeting and there will be other business to discuss. Members uh, have received an email uh, with the link uh, to the full agenda, and uh, some someone may wish to post this link in the chat to the email about the meeting. The eighth annual Immigration Film Festival continues through October 21. Uh, West members have enjoyed this event in the past and are proud to have been the incubator for this super project. Uh, look in the chat for the link to the Immigration Film Festival website. All members are welcome to participate in the Zoom workshop for Beyond Categorical Thinking, which takes place Friday evening and Saturday morning, October 22nd and 23rd. Our facilitator will be Carol Carter Walker. You must register in advance, so please do that and complete the questionnaire to receive the Zoom link. Again, this will appear in the chat. Families of children in grades three through four uh, through five, the upper elementary C class meets outdoors during platform next week, October 24th. Please contact C coordinator Indara Miles for more information and to register. <clears throat> Again, registration uh, URL will be placed in the chat. Remembrance, Remembrance Day is coming up for, on the weekend of October 30, 31. Join us for an in-person, outdoor, socially distant vigil on October 30th from 7, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. While reservations aren't required, your reservation will help us ensure that there are enough candles for everybody. Attendees will need to wear masks and to sign for contact tracing purposes. Please let us know if you're attending by following the RSVP link in news and notes. For the Zoom Remembrance Day platform on October 31, we'll be creating a photo slideshow of the loved ones that, who will be remembering uh, this year. Please send any photographs you'd like to have included to Robin at robink at ethicalsociety.org by Thursday, October 28. 
You can find the details for all these and other events on our website calendar at https colon forward double slash ethicalsociety.org. And now here's Mirka Willis with a video updating uh, us from the Board of Trustees. Hi, Wes. My name is Mirka Willis, and I'm the treasurer on your Board of Trustees. I'm very excited to share with you today that Wes has successfully refinanced our building mortgage. Our new loan term is 15 years, and our monthly payments have dramatically reduced, meaning that if we stick to an accelerated payment plan, by the end of 15 years, our loan will be paid off in full, lightening the load for future West members. With this loan refinance, we will also be changing banks, resulting in lower banking fees annually. The board is very excited about all the work we've been doing this year, and we hope that you'll join us at our monthly board meetings, the third Thursday of every month. We hope to see you at the membership meeting. Thank you so much, Mirka, for that informative video. This is really good news. We're nearing the end of the platform. Whether you've been with us live on Zoom or later in the recording, thank you for being here with us. Now let's enjoy together our closing song for the month, We Shall Be Known. We shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle around to tend these facts. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now.
great turning we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning we shall learn to lead in love. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, cultivating relationships with each other, our own conscience, and our neighbors in our quest for a better world. Please do join us uh, in the virtual coffee hour, which as it happens will be for 25 minutes by pointing your browser to tiny.cc forward slash West Coffee Hour. You can also find the link on the slide or in the chat. Once we're in the Zoom uh, uh, coffee space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you are welcome to drift in and out of as you choose uh, to greet different people. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, the time will be brief um, as we will be moving into the membership meeting um, at noon. Uh, if you are new to our community, please send an email to our membership, membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and in introduce yourself. <clears throat> and everybody have a great week ahead uh, and hope to see you in the membership meeting. <clears throat>